distinguished adventurers, before we get into the last time at Dungeon Drunks, we here at this fun little podcast of ours wanted to talk a little bit about the state of the world, because as you probably already know, we record all of our episodes in advance. We we record and often several weeks go by before what we record actually goes up in an episode. Often we record something and the what we record gets split up into multiple episodes because we record for two hours. So if you've been listening to our podcast and have noticed that we haven't mentioned anything about uh, the Black Lives Matter movement recently, that is because unfortunately that is past us of three or four weeks ago who are relatively naive and didn't know what is going on with current us. So we've taken a moment. We want to take a moment to talk about how we wanted to do something good. So we're taking this moment to tell you where we would like you to put your money to help because we believe that Black Lives Matter and we're going to be doing the same. We're going to be taking our funds from our Patreon this month, uh, as well as many of us who have made our own personal donations. And we're going to be donating those funds to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. On top of that, I would also recommend for anyone who is looking for more resources or a place to go get more information or other places to offer donations or just a good aggregate of information, especially for times like this in where knowing the right place to go is difficult, I would highly recommend going to blacklivesmatter.carrd.co. That is as much of an aggregate as I've been able to find that has some excellent links to anything that you might need. And with that, we're going to go around the horn and everyone's going to have their moment to be able to offer some other recommendations. Jonathan, where would you like to recommend people go? Well, I looked and unfortunately the there are no bail initiatives for Oklahoma City, Norman, or Oklahoma in general, uh, which is going to be the theme for us and, and has been the theme of some other fundraising efforts. Instead, uh, this is a this is a, an organization that a Rooster Teeth employee, uh, Mariel, actually posted about and raised quite a bit of money for. It is the Equal Justice Initiative. Uh, they do, and this is directly from their Our Work page, uh, criminal justice reform, racial justice, and education about racial issues. So you can find them at eji.org. That's echojulietindia.org. And they have information. They have donation pages and you've probably seen a fundraiser for that organization out on social media so definitely go check them out i've given money to them already and they they seem like a wonderful organization out there to help thank you and john so you know as much as i want to be out there on the front lines you know protesting i have to be concerned about my safety and well-being and also my wife's with covid and everything so what i'm doing is basically armchair protesting you know i am Signal boosting stuff from uh, Black Raiders and different uh, local initiatives. Make sure you all do the same out there. Go vote when uh, when it's time. But for a local initiative, one that I'm supporting is Austin Justice Coalition. Um, they're basically a grassroots activist-led organization that addresses criminal justice and reform as well as economic and so- social justice at a local level uh, here in Austin. There's It's one of the very many local bail funds that you can find as well. Um, so I definitely recommend them. Plus, also whatever 
local municipality you belong to. Look for where you can help in your community. Um, and you can find, if you want to donate to Austin Justice Coalition, uh, it's austinjustice.org. Thank you. And Jack? Oppressive systems depend on the ignorance of the people that they oppress. And it might seem that the oppressed group is is just black people. And definitely that's the case. But we're all oppressed by white supremacy. We are all victims of this narrowed system that limits our perspective to groups. We're not educated as to black history and African history and things of that nature. We don't know things. And the system depends on our knowledge or lack of knowledge on these things to perpetuate itself. To that point, I'm supporting the Philly Bail Fund. Their website is phillybailfund.org. They're dedicated to ending cash bail in Philadelphia. If you want to talk about equal justice for everyone, you have to talk about the bail system. And two groups of people based on their socioeconomic and often racial status will face two different kinds of justice because if you have to meet a certain cash bail, those who can afford it can go about their day, hire their lawyers, plan their go home, stay with their families. Those who can't meet cash bail stay in jail. And that has a negative impact on their families, on their communities, on their well-being, both financially and emotionally and physically. And it's sort of, it's like kicking you, a runner, when they're about to start the race. If you want to increase uh, justice in the justice system, support phillybailfund.org. Thank you. And Jules? I have three places I'd like you to support. One is the North Carolina Bail Fund of Durham, which has similar goals to the organization that Jack just mentioned. Instead, it is based in my hometown. And they have, they want to end cash bail. And specifically because the conversation comes around the fact that poverty is criminalized by cash bail. Um, You are arrested and then you are further made a criminal simply because you are poor. That is not a crime. It is not a crime to be poor. But in the United States and around the world, people are punished by being poor. We have a legal system that punishes you for it. They also specifically post low-cost bail for people who could not otherwise afford it. And the point to be made specifically in this time is that many, many people who are protesting for the things that the goals that we all want to achieve They might be out of a job because of COVID. They might be put on reduced hours. They might be temporarily out of work. And they are going out there and they're putting themselves on the line because as your friendly fantasy doctor, I must remind you that this is COVID is still a very real threat. And the people who go out and protest are doing so knowing that they face a double danger in doing this. They face a risk of contracting a disease that we still don't fully understand and we are still working towards a vaccine for. And they also risk an immense amount of brutality from police. And if their job is not there and they are put in jail, they cannot post bail. Um, So your donation to one of our community bail funds or to your local bail fund is going to help people that are putting their bodies on the line to expand American democracy and to hold ourselves up to the ideals of our forefathers. The other two places I would direct you to are the American Civil Liberties Union. Again, there are state-by-state chapters. I will just direct you to ACLU.org. The ACLU of California sued and won the suit to end curfews in L.A., Curfews are being used to criminalize protesting. 
protesting is enshrined in our constitution as a part of our bill of rights. This is something that every single American should feel as an inalienable right that we get to do this. Protesters are being corralled by police and they are not allowed to leave their protest areas until magically the curfew takes place and suddenly the police are violently detaining them. The ACLU is out there fighting those legal battles that are preventing these things from happening. And they need your support. If you give them $5, that's five more dollars to have somebody with the know-how in a courtroom in your community protecting you and ensuring that your constitutional rights and the constitutional rights of your fellow Americans continue to be upheld and upheld equally. The last place I would send you to is the Southern Southern Poverty Law Center. The Southern Poverty Law Center has several major major tiers. They fight hate, they teach tolerance, they seek justice, and they memorialize civil rights and the people who fought to get us where we are now and the people who are continuing to fight. If you are wondering how do you prevent these things long term, Head on over to the Southern Poverty Law Center. They have a plan and they've been executing that plan. The Southern Poverty Law Center is executing a plan that prevents white national radicalization. They're executing a plan that gets into schools and helps your public school teachers teach people about racism, about discrimination, about what we can do to prevent it. And they also seek justice. There are a great many, I'm sure you've Figured out by the name, there are great many lawyers that work with the Southern Poverty Law Center, and they work to seek justice for the most vulnerable people in our society. And the most vulnerable people are Black people. They are people of color. They are Indigenous people. These people have a system that was designed to oppress them. Our system has not failed them. Our system was designed to hurt them. And these are just some of the organizations that we named are going to help you remake the system so that it does not hurt them. So if you've got the money, by all means, go. But if all you have is the time, if all you have is a tweet, you have tons of ways that you can help out. And this is just a monetary way. But if all you do is go to one of these websites and you read about what they do and you tell someone else you have done something today. And that is all that we ask is that you do one thing to make it better. So we talked over whether we even wanted to release an episode because that's a concern that we have that we wanted to make sure that we weren't being, we weren't adding to noise in a time in where everybody should be working to help these protesters change an issue that's been going on for hundreds of years. And we decided we're going to continue to put out this episode because as much as all these things need to change and this is all serious and this is all things that we should be concerned about and working towards, we also all do need a little bit of relaxation and a little bit of time to unwind and to decompress because this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. And we're in this for the long haul. We want you to be in this for the long haul, too. And so we hope that you'll join us in doing something to help the Black Lives Matter movement and then join us in enjoying a little bit of downtime before we go back into the fight. So thank you. 
And thank you to all of my friends on this podcast who are my friends and will be my friends long after this podcast. And with that, here's the episode. Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Travancore. Oh, no. His eyes roll back into his head. Oh, no. You watch him stiffen and fall over dead. We had to have heard something, though, right? And two creatures appear. As he falls to the ground, you see two creatures appear. One is another one of these horrible bug-like creatures that you've been fighting. The other is a very familiar tall, thin, mouthless, alien-shaped head as Travancore falls to the ground dead. His body's still intact. He has not been disintegrated. He has not been physically harmed in any way, but you all watch as he into the soft snow. But I mean, there was a word that accompanied that, right? There was as he appeared. Right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't, because <laughs> I would have had to see him as he was uh to counter it, but we would have heard like an infernal word or something, and then Hoo-y! you would have heard a word. Yes, I think there. So literally, just one component for that spell, and it's in the name. No, I'm just I'm wondering <laughs> what uh, what word it would have been. And uh, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, what word? What word is it? It. Do you speak infernal? No, but you can still make an infernal. I mean, you can do the uh, the uh, what is it? The the Mark Humes like uh, the way he always speaks speaks infernal. Yeah, but I'm not Mark Humes. I'm not that cool. But he. So, but I'm saying you know. can do the 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 oboe version of it. So, just before Travancore dies, what he hears because Travancore, you speak Infernal, don't you? Uh, no, I only double check that actually because it's so many that it's hard to keep track sometimes. I- I'm gonna say since you're the target of the spell, even if you don't speak it in Infernal, you hear this creature say, "Death." Oh, well, seems pretty succinct. And then it looks at all of you. It's Bucks' turn. <laughs> oh, I saw the noble Travancore just fall over. I think he's dead. Oh, 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 oh. And you hear alarmed hooting as uh, Bucks turns tail and starts flying towards uh, Travancore. Still 100 feet in the air. Sure thing. Shadow's turn. Oh, boy. <laughs> Can we just veto uh, Kenny Baggins Jr. now or whatever it is? Wait, you want to oh. veto it? Like, you could be anyone except that guy? <laughs> oh, man. Hush round. I was looking forward to having a chill voice and hanging out, being part bitch head bird. <laughs> yeah, so Shadow seeing Travancore falls over dead. And you see, we see the uh, our friend, the Ultraloth? Yes, you see him and uh, you see two creatures. You see another one of these bug creatures and the Ultraloth appear. All right. Shadow is going to, not being able to get attacked, you luckily he's going to run right to the bug creature. And it's going to do a multi-attack. He's going to do a multi-attack. Sure thing. First to bite. 22 to hit. That hits. 11, but less than that probably. Oh, well, half of that, but he will still take damage. Absolutely. Okay. And then a claw. I don't know what that, I'm guessing that was a 13. Uh, Looks like a 13 to me. Yeah. 
So, yeah, Claus was just not his thing today. Yeah, he gets in one good good hit, though, before it is Jonathan's turn. Jonathan looks over at Travancore, who just, like, falls over. He looks back at the, at the Ultraloth, and in between his gritted teeth, he says, I've been waiting for this, you son of a bitch. He's going to move next to Travancore's body. He's going to take his last star and hurl it at the, uh, at the Ultraloth. A 17 probably won't hit him. 17 is exactly what you need. Yes! Whoa! Just barely enough. This creature seems to be fairly um, strong and dexterous, but is penned in by the, the other creature to its left, so it can't move too much. Squishy octopus boy. And then... Eh, not terribly squishy, but not, not dexterous enough for sure. And then, uh, so that's 35 points, uh, or 37 points of radiant damage. Then Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to pull out the scroll. Oh. He's going to open it. Actually, hold on a second, because I do have to make a constitution. I have to make a, I have to make a concentration, saving check, oh, a concentration right. check to see what happens, which is actually really important for that scroll. Hold on a second. Fail, 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 fail. No, he succeeds. I'm using the dice roller in D&D Beyond because I've got the combat tracker up for this. He does succeed, but but now you know. All right. Anyway, I'm sorry. You pull out the scroll. Pull out the scroll. And as he pulls it out and starts reading it, Bernie, you're probably the person in position to see this. You see his fingers start going across the language of the scroll. And then you see what looks like another finger going across. And then you see another finger like start making arcane motions in the air. For a second, Bernie, it almost looks like there are multiple Jonathan the Magimusculars standing in this in his space, all doing something at the same at doing different things at the same time. As right behind the Ultraloth and his buddy, a black sphere erupts behind them. And I'm assuming not just behind them, but a little bit to the east so that Shadow is not in the sphere of influence. Shadow is in the sphere of influence, but since this is an evocation, he is his space is excluded from it. That seems odd, but I'll allow it because you could also just put it somewhere else. So, okay. So Considering what this is. <laughs> yes. So a, bl- a force of pure darkness erupts uh, around them in a 40-foot sphere. So a 40-foot dome that stops just short of Jonathan the Magimuscular and Travancore's body. And they both need to make... Well, let me read. go ahead and read the spell. Since Yes, please. This spell creates a sphere centered on a point you choose within range, 150 feet. The sphere can, can have a radius of up to 40 feet. The area within the sphere is filled with magical darkness and crushing gravitational force. This is a Did you make a black star, hole? The one that we got from the professor. For the duration, the spell's area is difficult to rain. A creature with dark vision can't see through the magical darkness and non-magical light can't illuminate it. No sound can be created or passed through the area. Any creature or object entirely within the sphere is immune to thunder damage and creatures are deafened while entirely inside it. Casting a spell that includes verbal components is impossible there. Did you make just- a black hole? Yes. Kinda. Any creature that enters the spell area for the first time or starts its turn there must make a constitution saving throw. The creature will take uh, 
8d10 force damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. And a creature that is reduced to zero points by the damage is disintegrated. A disintegrated creature and everything is wearing and carrying except magical items are reduced to a pile of fine gray dust. Oh, I wish I'd lived to see that. You're not dead yet. You're just dying. No, yeah, he's there. dead. He he's dead. You're dead, dead. But we got a we got a Bernie. We do have a Bernie. Bernie, you don't recognize the spell at all, but you recognize the scroll, and you recognize this as the scroll that was given to you, uh, Jonathan after you and Jonathan had that very intensive discussion with the professor at the Neverwinter Academy. So, yeah. That moment where he's like, I just gave you something super powerful and you're not going to abuse it and you're going to give it back to me if you don't use it. In this moment, you realize, maybe this is why. Bernie, in character, is just going to go, holy shit, Jonathan, what the hell? One of the Jonathan uh, heads turns to you and says, it's okay, we got this. I have this. I'm not sure. Okay. I just saw the episode of the new Muppet Babies where Bunsen and Beaker make clones of Kermit because Kermit doesn't want to say no to playing with his friends. Oh no! This made me think. Wait, of that. new Muppet like Babies is on? Uh, it's on. It's been on since 2018. Like it's on Disney Plus. Oh, okay. So both of these creatures have advantage on saving throws when it comes to magical effects. However, the bug creature there rolled a five and a one, so that's a failure. Ooh. The Ultraloth, that's a two. And I will take a picture of this. That's a crit. Oh, on his advantage roll? Yeah. Oh. I'll just show it to you. I don't know if you can- We believe you. Can you read that? Yeah. I I rolled bad because I've been trying to use the ones in the D&D Beyond uh, dice roller. And so, since they haven't been showing up there. So, he will still take half damage, even on the crit. And I am going to drink, because that's the only crit that I'm ever going to have. Do we make Jonathan chug for that? No, 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 no. There will be no chugging. I'll do it. No, I I don't think it's fair to make Jonathan chug for the monster critting on his epic spell. All right, so the Yugoloth will still take half damage and will have to once again make a constitution saving throw. So go ahead and roll your damage. Uh, It's going to be 45 for a failure and 22 force damage for a uh, success. But it's still another concentration, which hopefully fingers crossed. Hopefully fingers crossed. All right, so the first thing that happens is the bug creature vanishes. Although... We wouldn't know. I was about to... Well, yeah, none of you... Shadow would know. I think Shadow... Because once again, what I'm... what I'm, I think the fair way of doing this, because it's a black hole, is it ends right in front of Shadow. And the event horizon is right there. But I think Shadow has enough awareness to know when he is next to a creature or not. So he might not know exactly what happened to the bug creature. It just ain't there anymore. But the Ultraloth is still there. Let me roll... Uh, so that was 22 damage. Sadly, yeah, the reason he... why I put him in the middle of it was because I want him to try, like, since it's difficult terrain and he can't see, he has to move in a direction. And I'm pretty, sh- I'm hoping that he doesn't have enough movement to make it out all the way. I want him to make another save. Absolutely. All right. Unfortunately, Carlton does not reappear. Boom. It's difficult terrain. And you said he can't see out of it because it's magical darkness. Read that part uh, right. to me again. He, creatures with dark vision can't see through the magical darkness and non-magical light can't illuminate it. Okay. All right. But he does take a, a massive bit of damage and he is still in there. Uh, anything else, Jonathan? Jonathan, uh, as, the, as the spell scroll like dusts away, all of the 
different Jonathan's convalesced into this into his normal form, and he's just like, "Oh, I can't. I don't know how long I can keep him in there." Uh, so how long does the spell last? The spell lasts. It is concentration for a minute. There we go. Then that's that's how long you can hold onto it, assuming you don't get hit. Bernie, it's your turn. Oh yeah, cool, 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 cool. That was cool. You've you've watched Travancore fall over dead and Jonathan create a black hole. You know, it's so a Thursday. It's a small singularity. It's fine. Bernie's gonna use her movement to move towards them, and then she's gonna pre-use her bonus action or try. She wants. She's like, all right. Um, and if you bugs- want to move around the event horizon, it's going to be one of be one square up. Just- I'm I'm assuming no one's moving into the event horizon. Right, who right. Yeah, so. yeah, I kind of figured <laughs> this is this is where some of the theater of the mind will come into play. In where I'm not going to bother drawing it on there. I'm just going to assume unless you tell me so. Nobody's going into the black hole. <laughs> no, no black hole. No, no bueno black hole. <laughs> but I guess the spiritual weapon's still hanging out. Yes, but you cannot see anything in it. But I remember where he was. Yes. But what I'm saying is you will have disadvantage on the attack. Okay. Can I move the spiritual weapon and try to bonus action attack him? I'm going to say yes, but I'm going to... I want a I want a history check with disadvantage to try to remember where he was and where your spiritual weapon was before the black hole happened. That's fair. A lot's happened since then. <laughs> A lot has happened, and you don't know where it is. You know your spiritual weapon is still there. Well, that's a six. That was a natural one, though, on that history check, which checks out. All right, so here's what I'm going to say. You can decide at this. So you do not know. You do not. You really are unsure. You can decide to leave the spiritual weapon there and not do anything, or I can have you roll a d8, and it will randomly move in that direction. Bernie's going to leave it there. Okay. So you, I, I'm going to say because of that, you have not blown your bonus action. I guess she's going to use her bonus action to dash over to Travancore. You mean you're going to use your act? So you can't use your bonus yeah, action. Yeah, she can't really do anything because she doesn't know where the Yugoloth. She can't remember where in the fucking black hole the Yugoloth was. Yeah. So so you're going to use your, your action to get next to Travancore? Yeah, she's going to get next to Travancore and maybe as her bonus action kind of. She's watched him fall down and I think, I guess in the the parlance of D&D, there is a difference between dead and down. So all she knows is he's down until she gets to him. And once you get to him, he is dead. In the parlance oh. of D&D, he is not making death saving throws. Oh. Ooh. He, um. Jonathan, he's dead. You hear in the call. But. Wow. Didn't. Didn't think. It's a lot. I can fix it. Okay. I can fix it. I can fix it. I can I can fix it. I can fix it. What was Shadow's reaction when this happened? Just beeline towards the Yugoloth. That that was his reaction basically, like emotionally. No, no. I'm saying did he react in the call at all? I don't think Shadow said anything. He's just focused on killing the Yugoloth at this point. Maybe we heard a roar in the call rather than a than any words. You might have heard a roar out loud. Like, it was, like, at the same time. So it was, like, happening in our heads. It was, like, a weird stereo effect. The weird thing is, if Travancore is straight up dead, like, that, I mean, in theory, the bond between Shadow and Travancore would be 
at the very least compromised, if not severed outright. But he has been spending time, yeah. But he has been spending time with Travancore this whole time, and there's an emotional connection that transcends the magical connection. I think absolutely. And uh, Shadow himself is in the call, so he hasn't lost his his the telepathic bond that Jan- Jonathan has created. So if he did want to react, he could. But it's I, it's I think it's totally it's totally feasible that Shadow would become very quiet in this moment. Carlton, meanwhile, despite, in bunny bunny country. As I was say. On the material plane, it is death and destruction and black holes. On your harmless demiplane, what are you up to for the next six seconds? Starting to feel a little concerned that my uh, friends are not here with me, and that maybe I wasn't brought here by a good being. But puppies! But puppies. But puppies. But puppies. Like, Carlton would think, like, all right, this is obviously a safe space, so, like, Bay or my leaky or somebody must have intervened and saved us from death but then it's like wait it's been longer than i would expect for the others to pop in oh hey puppy okay it is the ultraloth's turn it teleports it does does it need to do another save oh, it's, yeah because that's the, i'm sorry you're right it's at the beginning of its turn what was the save again constitution that's a fort and that's an eight okay so the 14 is that's a 16 which i don't think is your spell save dc it is not no all right what's the damage it's going to be 38 uh force damage as it gets crushed it's super crushed okay so some good news and some bad news that some happens the bad news is it is not dead it teleports to there can it really see to teleport though it can if it has true sight then it can see out and uh, yeah it has true sight i had to that's why i was asking you about specifics yeah all right so the bad news is it is not dead it teleports out the good news is when it appears so the first time you saw this creature and just a moment ago before the black hole appeared it was it has no mouth and so there's very little expression that you can ever see on its face you have no idea what its intent is uh but it was looking fine and what comes out is a bloodied, crumpled mess. One of its arms is twisted in an awkward way, and it looks incredibly injured. And while it still has no discernible expression on its face, it looks like it has been through the ringer, for sure. And I need both Bernie and Jonathan to make dexterity saving throws. I use a counterspell. Okay. What level do you counterspell? Did we ever decide if it could counterspell back? It can take a reaction on its turn. It's just, can it do two spells? I mean, I guess the question is, have I ever... I'm trying to remember. I don't know if we've ever gotten to this point in where... We have a counterspell war. Can can the same creature counterspell It can definitely, like, if it had any other, like, abilities that that were reactions it could do those on its turn we have had other magical beings counterspell your counterspell yeah we've never had the same creature we've never had the same creature it, this is a reaction that's your game so it's if i i actually don't know the the answer to this question because well no i would have already used my reaction to counterspell so i i'm yeah, I'd, your be counters- of, I'd be out of the stack yeah I, i'm gonna say your counterspell goes off it is the same level 
if I'm, <laughs> so I was like, because I was looking to see which spell I wanted to do next, and I'm like, uh, I guess I'll do this one, and it's uh, okay, cool. I don't know. All right, here's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna make this up as I go because I probably should know this because it's using its reaction to cast a spell while it's casting another spell. Carlton reappears. It loses concentration. Hey! Okay. Yay! Oh, oh, aha. Oh, did you find? And you did see you... Carlton? Yes. And he's like, ha! wait, 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 hold, hold. All right, what'd you find? Because I was trying okay. to look for like a sage advice or something. <laughs> so there's two thoughts, but what, only one of them is uh, is Jeremy Crawford's. And Give this... me Jeremy Crawford. What is Jeremy Crawford? <laughs> counterspell <laughs> counters the casting of a spell. Counterspell is a spell, so it can be countered. And it's a reaction. It's a reaction. Take on your which turn. You can do. The only other take I saw was that. Let's see. There is another take where they say. That if you counter the counter spell, you can do that, but then it wastes the original spell you were trying to cast. But Jeremy Crawford is Jeremy Crawford, and all he said was, "You can counter a counter spell since a since a spell is a since a counter spell is a spell." All right, so here's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna go with my original ruling You're, that he can do this to try to save his own spell. However, he's going to lose concentration, and so Carlton reappears. Poof. Hmm. He's like middle, like petting a puppy <laughs> motion, and he's like, his hands are like, wait, what? Sn- snow? Wait, why, try, why is Charlie Corn on the ground? Here's the other thing I will Welcome say. Welcome back, buddy. <laughs> because he doesn't have another spell slot high enough, he will have to roll. Okay. Suck. 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 Fail. Suck. Fail. Suck. Fail. Suck. Fail. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Beyond Heroes, and more. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the show, and thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on June 14th at 8pm Pacific, so open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. O-R-F-E-B-U-G-S-N-I-D-I So use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. All right, so it's a six-level spell. It's a six-level counterspell, which means he needs to roll at least a 16. Yeah, DC is 16. He rolled a 15. Yes! (gasps) Yes! Oh, bless Bay. So there is a moment... And where his chain lightning is about to leave his hands. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't, yeah. I warned you this is going to be a dangerous fight. And I'm so glad I used that spell slot. Oh, shit. And yeah, you picked just the right spell slot. If it had been lower than that, you would have had to roll, but it was because it was chain lightning. You're, you watch, Jonathan, you see the arcing of the lightning in his hands for the briefest of moments, you counterspell. He tries to counter your counter. You watch behind him as Carlton reappears. And then the lightning dissipates. And it's Bucks' turn. <laughs> and it's Bucks. Bucks is just and like... Bucks. Bucks is going to be like, oh, oh, I, I have seen 
good Carlton Tanks return. Oh, he was not disintegrating. Oh my, what the? And he kind of delayed reaction to in the call to the black hole. And you, all you hear now is hooting and stuttering as... Bucks does the work of both a Rosencrantz and a Guildenstern. Yes. Yeah. Bucks continues to fly over the uh, the battlefield in a north-east uh, direction. You hear sure. a, a voice in the call specifically to Bucks say, Decorum, Buckstrom. Decorum. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Good, good, uh, good, uh, Count, uh... Baron von Kogestut. Oh, 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 oh. We must be stoic. We must be brave for our friends. And it is Shadow's turn. Okay. Uh, so Shadow's still in the uh, the Graviton Singularity Black Hole thingy, right? Like, I don't know if you can move around in there. No, he's on the event horizon, right? He is either not in it or he is being protected from it by Jonathan, whoever you prefer. The end result is he does not, he's he not being move. affected by it. He can move. <laughs> well, you know what? Five. Oh, gosh. This is probably going to cost him his life, but that's okay. Five, 10, 15, 20, 25. He's actually going to try and grapple one of the Ugaloth's arms. Like, not even try and attack him, just like restrain him somehow. And he's going to say in the chat, bring him back. And. What do I have to roll to see if I can grapple just a regular attack, like a bite? So a grapple would normally be a athletics versus an athletics or an acrobatics check. Yeah, go ahead and go ahead and roll an athletics check for me. Let's see, athletics is strength. He is a very strong bear. He is a strong bear. That is true. Heart of the cards. Bucks does this instead of attacking his life points directly. 19. Yeah, I rolled a 17. Yes! No! <laughs> He's re- he is restrained or grappled. Shadow, in this oh, no. moment, as you grapple this creature, you pin it to the ground. Go ahead and make a claw attack. Oh, nice. That's going to be a 22. That hits. Go ahead and roll damage. I feel like the shoe's about to drop, but that's okay. I'm going to enjoy the moment that I'm in. 12 damage. Describe in gory detail the death of this creature. <laughs> yes! Fire bear! Fire bear! Fire bear! Fire bear! Three hit points left. Jeez. And so what I'm going to say before you describe is that as Shadow uh, grapples and pins this thing to the ground, he basically attacks in that same moment. And how does he finish this thing off? Travancore is my best friend. He is my brother. He is my family. If you take away Travancore, you lose all right to life. I came to Travancore because the nature was perverted by dragons. Because they destroyed my family. You too are unnatural. You too must die. And he roars out a loud roar. And I want to do Foley for it because my kids are asleep. But um, he just raises his claw, just plunges it right into this thing's chest. Tries to scoop out his heart. Or whatever passes for a heart in Ultra Slavia. You scoop out a good chunk of- I had tears in my eyes for that. I know, I know. I know. You I scoop out a good chunk of <laughs> that. <laughs> it's because every time she uh, Lauren says Yugo Loth, I hear Yugo Love. Like fine. No, it's just a I total know. shift. It's fine. Let's continue. I know. I'm trying. I'm super trying. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. So, some of us deal with death with humor. That's fine. Shadow digs in, and like the other fiendish creatures, as this thing dies, it turns to ichor and black smoke. But there is a moment in where 
Shadow and this thing have locked eyes with each other, and its eyes have grown wide with surprise. And then it's gone. And we're out of initiative. Which might be important for Bernie to know. Yes. Jonathan the Magimuscular, as as the Yugoloth fades, he closes his hands and the ball just like whoosh, collapses onto itself. So I wrote my notes. <laughs> the one who was least equipped to deal with fiends is the one is the is the party member that finished him off. That's why that's why That's amazing. When- because when you were like, I'm going to grapple it, and I'm looking at these three hit points, and I'm like, if he succeeds, I'm giving him an extra attack, because it's going <laughs> to happen. And what that- more poetic way for this to happen? Anyway, uh, we're out of initiative. All right, Bernie's going to dig in the bag and grab a diamond, and they saved a seventh level spell to do something else, but we're doing this. <laughs> All right. Well, Travancore, have you been dead for more than a century? No. That's Are you, good. Oh, you don't have Revivify? I thought I had Resurrection. Do I not have Revivify? I'm sure you have Raised Dead. I don't I'm have sure any, you have something. Oh. I, but I have was, actually several. Which one would you like me to use? I, I, I will say to, to make life easier for everybody, and the reason that I was trying to help you out with, with the timing on things, Revivify is the one that yeah. lets you, within a minute, you don't have to do any of the special stuff. And it's not like he lost a limb or anything. He. Oh my! But Ray's dead could have been kind of fun. Okay, we're just it's we're totally not going to get to you. It, yeah, yeah it's, also, it's your stuff. I also don't know what you prepared, so you might not have Revivify prepared. So I just want I. That's the only reason I'm asking. I will admit, I always have Resurrection. I rarely ever have Revivify. <laughs> but it's up to you. Uh, you're a high level cleric, so yeah, it makes sense. She's also a life cleric. Wait, hold I, on. I might actually always have Revivify prepared. That's why I'm oh, asking. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, she's a life cleric, so she prepared. always has Revivify. I was like, hold on. I have this entire thing of... You've got a whole portfolio. It's also important for Travancore because he doesn't then have to spend the next four days having negatives to everything. <laughs> it does still require a diamond. It does require a diamond. It's up to you. Uh, so Bernie is going to do Revivify because it only it only takes touch and she's going to reach in and she's going to grab a diamond and she's going to kneel next to Travancore and she's going to say, you know, this one isn't quite as cool as the one I did earlier, but honestly, I think it's sort of a time is of the essence thing, friend, and we can tell people it looked a lot cooler than it did, uh, but, and she's going to lean over and she's going to whisper, she goes, it's, it's time to come back now. And she's going to uh, crush the diamond in her hand and boop him on the nose. And while she says that it's not as cool as the one she did before, Bernice Q. Burns, the gnome, crushes a diamond in her hand and sprinkles the, the bits onto the body of Travancore that make his body sparkle in a way as though it's been cast with fairy fire and this faint yellowish almost honeybee type glow comes over his form and then very gently as though he's just been asleep Travancore breathes in and his eyes come open what a lovely sight to be surrounded by my family am i dead uh you're not dead anymore Uh, But you're going to have to sit there and, you know, you were given blood. We're going to get some juice and some snacks and you 
and it gives him one hit point, so Bernie is now, uh, <laughs> she's still gonna use that, like, seventh level spell simply because she's out of six level spell slots, and she's going to cast heal on Travancore. <laughs> and he's going to get, oh, 80 hit points back. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that'll get me the rest. That'll put me at 81. Heal is nothing to sneer at. Heal heal is is awesome. Heal has always been one of my favorite cleric spells. Yep. And in this moment, as Carlton trots on over from being licked by puppies for the last couple of seconds, as Travancore has come back from the dead as the remains of this creature that you have been waiting to fight for minutes that feel like hours, that feel like weeks, we're going to pause there. And the next time we get together... You will have the chance to talk and relax and maybe long rest. We'll see. But first, let me give you some experience. <sighs> Great job, everyone. That was, yeah. that was Lauren. Thank you. That was such an epic fucking battle. Listen, you all made it epic. Everybody, I, I my only, I, I felt a little bad about Carlton getting banished, but I really like the idea of you being in a in a demiplane full of puppies. I thought that was adorable. <laughs> that was and an epic banishment. That was an epic banishment. And and uh, frankly, you got to do some epic stuff in the last couple of fights. So uh, having I mean, a chance. Makes, I mean, that's, we, we used all of my rages. Yeah. <laughs> as a high level barbarian. Yep. That's hard to do. Yeah, uh, the Yugoloth had a choice between trying to finally kill you or just getting rid of you, and it decided it just wanted you gone. Jonathan, for your epic description of a Dunavancy spell that you may you may not see again in your lifetime, but we'll see. Well, you never know. We'll see. You never know what might happen, but a very epic moment. Uh, Travancore, for, for taking a power word kill to the face. <laughs> That's a ninth level spell, Fred. <laughs> yeah powered kill is is horrible but at least you don't return as a zombie mm. uh because that was the other one that it had is finger of death and i'm like no i'm not using that that's horrible and for shadow taking the final death blow on this this creature and bernie for bringing travancore back because you always forget that the cleric is super important until suddenly you need one until suddenly she needs to be there. Until suddenly she's crushing diamonds with her bare hands. I'm going to give you a total of 35,600 experience. Jesus. To split. 8,900 each. Between the four of you. And the next time we get together, here's what I'm going to say. The next time we get together, it will have been a short rest later. So take some time, roll some hit dice so that when we come back, you're not immediately on deck's door and we can continue from there. The uh, the other thing is, is that when we eventually do long rest, we'll level up. Holy shit. Oh. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dungeondrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvian Sailor Tweak, John Oddie, Linnea Boyev, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.